back to Agency Nation Radio. I have another very special episode. With me is Nissa Leader, our SEO master guru, technically internet marketing manager, but uh, the brains behind how we rank for all the things we rank for at trustedchoice.com and and uh, really traffic generation in general. So I'm incredibly excited to have her come on the show, get rid of Marty for uh, for an episode, uh-huh. and uh, and get some inside get some inside baseball on traffic generation and SEO. Nissa, it's great to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here. I can't believe you finally got rid of Marty. Yeah, I'm sure the the listeners at home, I, every time I make fun of Marty, actually, I get a bunch of um, tweets at me. People will be like, oh, stop being so mean to Marty. So I can't be mean to Marty, but uh, I do like bringing on some guests and, and Marty interviews people too. Um, but I do like bringing on guests because it changes it up. And, and, I, and I think it's cool. Uh, people really seem to enjoy Derek's episode where we dived into kind of the technical side. And I think today uh, they're going to enjoy what you have to say even more. I mean, this is, this is real world kind of traffic and SEO strategy and, uh, and stuff that they can apply in their agency. But before we get to that, kind of I, I would love for you to just describe a little bit kind of your background in this field and maybe – uh, why you decided to make your expertise uh, search engine optimization. Sure, absolutely. Um, I suppose you don't really run into a lot of SEOs on the street. And I know when I'm out mingling, you know, even at a party with my friends and they're like, well, what do you do for a living? I'm always like, um, well, you know, you know, you know, have you ever heard of Google? Um, you know, when you type stuff in and make the stuff come up. You know, and you don't really run into a lot of people and you're like, well, how do you even get into something like that? Because it's not like you just, you know, go to school and you major in SEO and then you're making shit rank on Google. Um, That's not really what happens. I just sort of fell into it um, over the years. Um, So I don't know, I guess probably I'll start with my first marketing job. I went to school, uh, majored in marketing and journalism, you know, like your average person does. Um, and I started doing some marketing, you know, started doing some mailers and some billboards and some banners and started doing the trade show thing. And um, I just kind of felt like my efforts were kind of wasted. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't get the callback that I, I would expect. I mean, fresh out of school, I thought if I sent out a mailer, my phone would be ringing off the hook. You know, I, I half expected that I'd have to call a call center when I sent out 10,000 mailers. <laughs> but that didn't really happen. I just didn't really quite get the satisfaction. Um, so then, you know, uh, worked in that for a couple of years and, um, you know, I started hearing about internet marketing, you know, what is this internet marketing and how we can better reach people. And, you know, I started reading about SEO and, um, things that you can do to get in front of more people when they're online searching for things. And I was just fascinated about it. You know, every single article I saw that had to do with internet marketing and SEO, I read it. I read every book. I probably read about, you know, eight books worth a thousand or more pages just constantly um, reading about this stuff. Um, And then finally, I decided, you know what, I should take this knowledge and I should actually go work at a website. Um, So I started working at uh, an e-commerce vitamin website. If you ever want to talk about vitamins, I can go on and on about vitamins as well as insurance. (laughs) Um. But um, that was you know, my first job in, in uh, internet marketing, and I just, I just loved it. Um, I realized that I was really good at getting the stuff to rank on page one. Um, and I got a lot of satisfaction out of, you know, when, when a user typed in some kind of search query, um, my result would show up and the things that I would want to tell them would show up. 
Um, and it, I just really found that it was the, the right thing for me. Um, so I guess that's kind of how I got into it. That's a pretty empowering feeling, isn't it? When uh, you, what you just said there was uh, you really were good at and enjoyed the fact that uh, when someone kind of had a problem and they put it into Google, that it was your result that would come up. And and your follow-up statement to that, I think, is one of the more powerful things that I've heard uh, said about SEO. You got to say, you said um, that your message, what you wanted to tell them about that problem was what they read. And I think I think that piece, it feels very intuitive. They're like that That's naturally, of course, they get to read. But I think we take for granted how powerful that is and how much uh, you're able to control the conversation around a topic if your website uh, can posi- is positioned well in search results. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it kind of goes off of, um, you know, when I was in college, I wrote a column for the student newspaper. Um, and people would read my column and I would get really excited when people would come up to me at parties and they would say, oh my gosh, you like your column. They wanted to talk about it. And then as people started going away from the newspaper, I kind of lost that. So SEO kind of got me back in front of people like I like to be. Yeah. And so, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, so you came to Trusted Choice. You're actually one of the longest tenured employees of TrustedChoice.com. Is that right? Oh, I am. Absolutely. It's you and Marty, I think, are the two. And you were before Marty? Or no, Marty was there before you. Marty's probably the only person who's been with the company longer than you have. Yeah, maybe a couple of months. Yeah. So you've seen kind of the progression. And and people probably aren't aware of this. But maybe take us into... um, as much as you can or as much as you want to admit, the early days of TrustedChoice.com when when this crew uh, first took over, yourself included, when you first kind of took over this site and we were going to do the thing that we're doing today. I mean, you were starting from, you know, really there wasn't a lot there and certainly not a lot that was optimized for search. So kind of what did you think when you first came in and, and were looking at this product or this website and, and were you horrified or, you know, what, like, where was your head at? No, I wasn't horrified at all. Um, I was actually just really excited. I think that might not be a story that a lot of people tell about it. Um, but I'm just, I'm such an SEO nerd. Um, and you have to understand that I came from bestbuy.com and nothing against Best Buy, but um, it's kind of hard to really move the needle when you're in such a large corporation. Um, I spent most of my time in meetings and I didn't really get my hands dirty. Um, so when somebody called me up and said, you get to build a fresh website from scratch and we've got some dollars behind it, that was all I needed to whistle my way to work every day. <laughs> um, and I guess I, I guess if I could explain the early days from my point of view, um, I was just really busy getting this website up. Um, I had six months of keyword research to do. Um, I had piles and piles of content to write. Um, and then when all that was done, I had to figure out how to get a website up. <laughs> um, and everybody kind of just kind of moved around me and I just kind of got stuff done. Um, and I don't know, I, I didn't really ask for much permission. Um, I let people know what I was doing. Um, and we got the first draft up and although it wasn't, you know, amazing. It definitely ranked for keywords. Um, So it was pretty much like I was given a task. You need to rank for keywords. You need to get a person to this website. So I made sure that there was a website to get people to. 
Um, and I kind of just stuck to myself. <laughs> so one of the things I heard you just say right there, which I think is really interesting and, and a good lesson for people listening at home is that uh, you, you said, you know, the first iteration was not really much to shake a stick at. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It certainly isn't what you would want. I'm sure that, you know, the site today isn't necessarily what all of us would want, where even with all the success we've had, there's, you know, I'm sure you have a hundred items you'd like to improve. I know I do. I know uh, Derek, who's been on the show, does. And uh, I think what's really interesting is that there is a perception, I believe, that SEO is kind of set it and forget it. You you do SEO, you know, I'm doing, even though you can't see me, I'm doing quotes, you know, you do SEO and then it's like, oh, our site's SEO'd, we're all good. And that, and that like couldn't be farther from the truth. Oh, absolutely. It's so far from the truth. I mean, the biggest thing about SEO um, is to just get the stuff up, you know, get it up and get it ranking um, and see what Google thinks of it. And um you know, we don't, we don't ever strive for perfection. It's, it's about, you know, just getting as many keywords as possible. And and that's kind of our, our strategy. You know, we, we go after a lot. Um, and then we just kind of see what ranks and the stuff that doesn't, those are the things that maybe we perfect or we work a little harder at. Um, I just kind of feel like perfection overall, um, it'll just totally kill a project. Um, because you get too afraid to actually get any kind of momentum. Like you just have to go. One of the things that I've learned from you that I'd like you to talk a little bit about, um, and I, I guess, again, some of this stuff, when you actually sit down and you rationalize, it feels very intuitive, but it was a mistake that I had been making for my entire career was, um, and, and, and in working with you, I, I learned this, I feel like most, uh, we'll call them amateurs, right? People that, I don't mean that in a negative context, just people who don't take search seriously or consider it their profession, uh, the common mistake I see many of them make, and like I said, again, this is myself is included in this, uh, you would write an article because that's what you felt like writing about that day, right? Like it just, an idea hits you and you write that article. Today I'm going to write about renter's insurance. And, uh, and you know, and, and then you, you write it and you hit publish and you're like, oh, you kind of wipe your hands and yeah, I'm good. I did my work for today. And what I learned from you was actually the pros think completely opposite. So what you do before you ever uh, have an article written or write the article yourself or whatever, um, you go and do hours of keyword research and you say, you know, this keyword, okay, today we're going to go after uh, this long tail keyword. It's five words. Here's how we position it. This is how we're going to rank and we can expect an extra, you know, after a few weeks of ranking and doing what we do, we can expect an extra 250 hits a month if we can get, you know, in the top couple positions for this keyword. Now let's go figure out how we create the best piece of content to rank for that particular keyword. And it's almost the, it, that's like the exact opposite procedure I think from what many amateurs do. Can you talk a little bit about that process and why going about it that way is so much more successful than the kind of, this is what I feel like writing about way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I even see some, you know, really expensive SEO companies start with their idea first. Um, and although their ideas are great and they would work well in social media, if you had a following, um, you have to always think about what the user wants to read about because it's always about them. And they will tell you in the keyword research what they want to read about. 
Um, and so, I mean, you pretty much nailed it on the head exactly what we do. Um, you know, we, we start with the keyword. We start with what does a user want to know? And then we try to answer their question. Um, and sometimes the user wants to know things that, you know, you know, um, here, let me think of a better example. So a lot of, a lot of keywords that we find people want to know about is things like one day car insurance. Can I buy car insurance for one day? Um, and you know, most people would think, well, we wouldn't want to write about that because we wouldn't want to sell car insurance for one day. Um, but instead you could flip that around and say, um, you don't want car insurance for one day um, and then write about that. Um, so there's just, I guess there's just a lot of opportunity out there for what consumers are asking you. Um, and sometimes people aren't really doing a very good job of filling in the holes for what the users really want. And at the end of the day, like that's just kind of how you win. Um, so you can either do what you feel like doing or, or you can win. So I guess I always prefer to win. That's definitely the quote of the podcast so far. <laughs> and, and I completely agree with you. Um, and the example you gave is perfect, right? It, every agent who's listening to this, when you talked about one day car insurance, immediately said to themselves, because I, you know, I, I can tap into the agent mind, right? I did this for eight years. So at any, I know what every single one of them said to themselves, who would want one day car insurance? And I would never, no one would ever write car insurance for somebody for one day, right? Unless you're crazy. And, um, but how you spun it is perfect. Well, you write that article to explain to them specifically that you never want to have car insurance for one day or that there really isn't a carrier who would do that and that jumping, you know, all these different, there's all these different reasons why you would never want to do that. And that article becomes an incredibly valuable uh, piece of content on your site that helps you kind of filter out the, the type of clients that you want, educates people, but still ranks for a keyword term that people are actually searching for. You know, here, here's here's another thing I'd like you to talk a little bit about. Can you talk about the cheeky headlines, right? So I know a lot of agents love to put like cheeky headlines instead of keyword-driven headlines or headlines with, that are a question or whatever. They, they, you know, it'll be like something, you know, sarcastic or funny that, you know, how, I mean, is it even worth writing that piece of content? Um, yeah, I, I definitely know what you're talking about when it comes to cheeky headlines. Um, I guess, you know, it just always goes back to the user. Um, and you know what, they're, they're, when they're asking a question, like they want you to take them seriously. Like they really want to know about one day car insurance. Um, <clears throat> and they just, they're not going to go for the kind of you know, cheeky headlines, you know, it's just kind of a big turnoff. You know, we're not trying to joke around here. Like we're, we're trying to get something done. Um, and we always try to write headlines that pique somebody's interest or makes them want to learn more or tells them what they're going to learn in this article. And a lot of times I feel like people kind of rely on the cheeky headlines because when you read the article, there's nothing unique or interesting in it. They're, they're actually not saying anything new. Um, so I guess if you write a good enough article with unique information that people really care about that really answers their question, you don't have to rely on that cheeky headline to try to get them to read your piece of content because just the title about what it's about is going to pique somebody's interest. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you're sitting at home going, geez, you know, I, I don't write great headlines. I would love to write better headlines for my articles. 
Uh, we have about seven, actually it's nine lessons now inside Agency Nation University that are just all about writing great headlines. We have headline templates there. You can literally copy and paste and then fill in your keywords. It's all built out for you. We have 23, you know, basically your 23 next blog posts. We have templates for all of them. Uh, and if you go over to Agency Nation, um, and you either click the university button on the top or type in university.agencynation.com. You can get to Agency Nation University. If you use the coupon code at checkout, use the coupon code at checkout, Z, the number 2S, early bird, all one word, Z2S, early bird, you get a 50% off discount for life on Agency Nation University. So if you want to write better headlines, you want to be part of the most gangster uh, insurance, digital sales, and marketing community that exists online, uh, head on over to university.agencynation.com today and check that out. Okay, so let's talk, uh, let's do, I want to do some kind of like rapid fire, common SEO questions that I get and uh, kind of have you get weigh in on these things. Um, Let's talk about mobile, okay? Uh, Google recently came out with a, a, a new update that said in the near future, if they're not starting to do it already, which I'm sure they are because they never put an announcement out without having beta tested it in different areas, um, sites will be indexed via their mobile version first. What does that mean and what is the potential impact to agency websites? Um, well, I guess... To put it in layman's terms, um, if you want to know how this affects you, um, get a smartphone. If you don't have one, find one. And look at your website on that smartphone um, and see the content that you can see on that smartphone. Um, if you can't see your content, um, then you don't have a mobile site. Um, and you might want to start working with your dev team or whoever you contract out to that built your site to make sure that your site is mobile friendly. Um, there's a lot of rules. Um, and I think that Ryan even had a, uh, agency nation lesson about all the rules about what makes a site, um, mobile friendly and, and whether or not Google, um, checks it out right or not. Uh, but the main thing is they used to, Google used to look at your desktop website and say, this is the website. They have a mobile version. Great. They get a gold star, but now they're looking at the desk or the, the mobile version. They're saying, this is their website. Um, and they don't really care as much about desktop. Um, so this, this is a big deal. Um, I generally don't chase algorithms. You know, I pay attention to what's going on. Um, but I'm always just looking at my keywords and how they're ranking. And if I'm seeing a drop, you know, then I'll go out and I'll look at the algorithms and I'll see if maybe there's something that I did wrong. But generally, I just see things going up. Um, so I don't chase algorithms. But this is one thing that I'm even going to go back to our mobile version of our website and I'm just going to make sure that all my T's are crossed and my I's are dotted and that everything is just as it is right now in desktop since the mobile version is what Google is going to pay a lot more attention to. So this is one thing that could really shake up the results a lot. Um, so I yeah. would definitely pay attention. So uh, so let me, let me ask you this question. Uh, I know a lot of agencies when mobile first came out, instead of getting a mobile responsive ver uh, website, they got, they just built mobile versions of their website, which is technically a completely separate website built for mobile. So if you're, so what could happen here for the people that are listening, and then Nissa, I want you to kind of poke holes in this if I'm saying something that's inaccurate, is 
your website, your, your desktop version of your website could rank perfectly fine today. You could get some decent traction with some local keywords and you could be doing great. And when Google switches to the mobile index first, what that means is they're, they're running through the mobile version of your site and seeing what they can find and ranking those pages. And if now all of a sudden you have no links to the, you know, M dot, you know, jonesinsurance.com versus www dot, which is technically a whole separate website, right? So there's no links, there's no real action on that version. Well, your site could lose those rankings if it's not both uh, mobile, you know, mobile friendly and responsive. It's all the same site. So there are there are a lot of things here, and I think um, you know, kind of taking from what Nissa said, talk to your web developer, talk to whoever does your websites, and figure out um, you know what's going on with your mobile site. Is it is it the same website one? Is it friendly? Is it responsive? All those things. Um, Google actually has a mobile friendly checker which you can uh, put your URL in if you just search mobile friendly Google, and that tool will come up. Uh, if you have questions about it, we have a whole lesson inside Agency Nation University. Um, but yeah, this this is a big deal. This is a very big deal for agencies uh, potentially. So okay, uh, second question. What does, what's the role of social in SEO? Because, you know, there's, there's people throw around different things like Facebook likes, help with ranking, tweets, you know, what, does social play a role in SEO? And if so, uh, what is it? Oh boy, you're just asking me to give away the cow today, aren't you, Ryan? Oh man. (laughs) Well, podcast listeners are my favorites. (laughs) I do try to give them extra. All right. Well, um, so I guess, um, you know, in all the SEO tools that I have, um, they always try to put their little algorithms on it. And one of the things that even inside the tools, they were, were looking at how many likes a certain page has and how many shares a certain page has. And, you know, there's certain people in the community that just, they say, oh, yeah, if this page has 100, 200 likes. You know, it's, it's, it's going to rank better. Um, but in all of my analysis, um, unfortunately, that's not really something that I'm seeing. But Facebook and social do play a really large amount um, in how you're ranking. And it has more to do with the traffic that you are getting from those posts um, and the engagement that you're getting from those posts. So if you're really active in social and you have a really great following and people are coming from Facebook to your website, that's what Google sees. Um, and that's not even something you can fake because you can fake likes and you can fake shares, um, but you cannot fake somebody reading an article come from Facebook, coming to your website, spending some time on your website, and pretty much showing Google that the relationship between your site and Facebook is strong. Um, so I hope that kind of answers your question. No, right? it definitely does. It definitely does. And I think uh, one of the things I'd add there is... Um, backlinks still matter, right? Backlinks are important. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Easy backlinks to get are just making sure, and I've seen a ton of agencies that haven't done this, right? Um, That they don't fill out their social profiles fully. And every social profile has a, a place for you to put a link from that social profile back to your website. This is a this is like 101 kind of simple stuff, but just make sure if you if you if you're not 100% sure that you've done that when you're done listening to this episode, just 
Click out to all your social profiles, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure that those the profiles on those social networks have links back to your website and then you filled out those profiles completely because um, the value of those links, you know, could probably be debated to a certain extent, but it definitely in some small way helps, especially if you're a local agency and you don't have an enormous backlink profile like trustedchoice.com does and a lot of other large sites. You know, uh, if you have don't have a backlink from your Facebook profile and all of a sudden you add it, that could be the difference between you moving from page two to page one, potentially. Who knows? And um, that seems like a kind of easy win um, to get. Absolutely. And it shows relevancy, too, um, because you want to get, you know, when you have a, a Facebook page and it says on Facebook that you're from, you know, Milwaukee, um, it's going to help you kind of rank better for those Milwaukee terms. Um, so it's, it's a great citation to get. Cool. So I have a couple other quick questions I just want to ping you with um, and just get your thoughts on. Uh, the next one that I get all the time is uh, content length. Um, I recently on Agency Nation have written some really long posts. I've also written some posts that are six, 700 words. I tend to write longer posts. I'm verbose by nature, so it kind of works out well. Uh, but is there any truth to, because it used to be Right, three, you know, back in the day, when, I guess when there's link farms and it was kind of like the Wild West, if this isn't still the Wild West, uh, uh, 350 word blog post, good enough, right? And then it was 500 word blog post, good enough. And then it was 750 word blog post, good enough. And now I'm reading articles where it says, if you're not over a thousand to 1200 words on a blog post, don't even bother. Like, is there, is there, is there relevance to the length? How does length play into it? And should people go long with every post or does it make sense to occasionally have short posts? Yeah, um, I actually get this question all the time. And it's something that people talk about all the time and they want to talk about all the time. But it's not even really something that I think is even relevant to the discussion. You have to think about what is somebody asking and then provide them with a post that has more and better information than what everybody else is already giving them. Sometimes a post really only needs 200 words to tell the story accurately. Um, I don't really like going out to a writer and saying, I need 1,200 words on this. Because then they're just going to put a bunch of filler words and they think that the length matter. It's not about the length. It's about the content that's in it. Um, we'll even go into some of our posts that we get and we'll cut out paragraphs because they're not helping the user at all. It's just a bunch of filler content. Um, and Ryan, like your posts... They, they do go long, but they're filled with unique information that help the user and help answer the user's question. So I always just say the post is as long as it needs to be to answer every single question that the user may have about the, the specific con concept. Uh, you have to answer who, what, when, why, where, and how. Um, and then once all that is, is answered and you can't think of anything else that the user may want to know, then you're done. Next question. Does video help pages rank? Um, to a certain extent, yes. Um, if it's the right video um, and if it's helping with the content, um, it actually will help you with your time on site. Um, so if you want to engage somebody a little more and video um, will help engage them with the certain topic that they're searching on, uh, you will get a higher time on site and therefore um, your page and your website looks like it's more credible and more useful to users. It's not the video itself. It just has to do with how long they're on the page. So I don't want, uh, again, 
Uh, our business, to a certain extent, is driven from uh, search engine optimization. So I don't want to give away the whole farm. So I just have one more question, <laughs> another very common question that I get. I think you have delivered some incredible value here. Um, internal links. How, how does it work? Should you use them? Do they matter? Um, and just so people know, uh, internal links are when you link one blog post to another page in your site. So you're linking internally. Uh, how does... Are they important? Should people think about them? Is it is it something that people should consider? Or is it kind of just like a nice to have type of thing? Um, it's definitely a best practice to link within your pages. Um, you know, back in the you know 2000, 2010 days, um, it was really important to have a lot of internal links. Um, but due to those 2000, 2010 days, um, people tended to be really spammy with their anchor text. Um, so when you're doing your internal linking, you know, it is important to link pages together. Um, but you have to be um, useful about it. Um, don't just internal link just to internal link. You have to internal link um, because you want to show them a different page in your website that would be helpful for them. Um, and then those internal links help, you know, increase the time on site. Um, they help increase the number of pages that somebody looks at, which is a ranking factor. Um, so you should still do it. Um, but you just, you know, it always comes back to the user. Is this helpful for the user? And if the question is no, then you don't need that internal link. So if I was going to surmise SEO from our conversation here and uh, the conversations we've had uh, outside of this one, obviously, uh, what I would say is, and, and tell me if you think this is right or wrong, it's basically a set of technical best practices for delivering value to searchers, right? So your our job as content creators and as marketers and salespeople and business professionals is to answer questions and deliver value. And really what SEO is, it's not gimmicks and gags and tricks and you know all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of a set of technical best practices which allow you to deliver that value. Is that would you think that's a decent uh, definition? Absolutely. I mean, as long as you're helping people and Google can see your content, um, you're golden. Nissa, thank you. This has been phenomenal. Um, absolutely knocked it out of the park. Tons of great tips. I'm glad you came on the show. I'm glad we got to introduce you even more to, to this audience. Uh, for those of you listening at home, if, if you want more of this, Nissa has a 24-lesson program that she is building out inside Agency Nation University. You go to university.agencynation.com, jump in there, use the promo code Z2SEARLYBIRD at checkout, get 50% off for your lifetime uh, a membership, and you get access to Nissa spilling all the beans. She really dives in, like I said, a 24-lesson, hours of content. Uh, I think you're dropping lesson three or four today or next week, and uh, every week you're getting more and uh, really, really phenomenal stuff. Um, Nissa, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and, and tune into that class because I really, Ryan's right, I really do spill the beans probably a little more than I should. Yeah, she actually gets <laughs> mad at me every time she puts one out. She's like, I don't want they're gonna they're gonna be outranking us if they do all these things. And um well, we'll see. I mean, you guys actually have to do the work, which which I know is the is the hard part. Um, sitting down and getting this done. But but yeah, you do a great job. I appreciate everything you do and uh and you truly are the uh the master guru of our of our search and traffic strategy. So uh, for all you guys listening at home, we are gonna get out. Oh, 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 oh,